Welcome to the SaaS Ad Lab podcast, where we bring to you the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS companies. And today we have the pleasure of interviewing Chad. He is the CEO over at Scalex.ai. And uh, first of all, thank you so much for being on here today. It's a pleasure having you. And I've heard that you've been doing some really cool things with the company. So first of all, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your background and, and everything that you've been doing in, in order to get to this position, right? Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Luis. Um, this is the new book, AI for Sales. So uh, sometimes I think I am wearing a, a uh, Iron Man suit that looks yeah. like that because the, the technologies that are available today Totally. so, so powerful that if you're not wearing the Iron Man suit, then you're probably going to be left behind. So totally. I've, I've been in sales. Uh, in fact, I started my career in Arizona, funny <laughs> enough, back 25 years ago. Okay. I worked for a company called Airborne Express. Okay. And I would drive through the, uh, you know, through the tarmac there. And, and we had a couple of airplanes that would go out with packages. Yeah. And FedEx always had more than a couple. Yeah. And so after a year, I joined FedEx. And then ever since then, I've been in sales for, you know, 25 plus years now. And okay. I started as a rep, bag carrying in Arizona. And mm -hmm. now after several moves, I've been in Northern Cal, Southern Cal, North Carolina. Uh, now, I, now I'm running my own company and, and we're growing awesome. faster than we, can, than we could, could imagine. That's really, really cool. So it seems like you've been, you know, quiet in a lot of different places, both physically and also, you know, as far as career wise goes. So how was it that you kind of got into the tech side of things? Yeah, back in 1999, a friend of mine was at FedEx, Steve Lapore. And Steve went out to a company called Annexter that was a reseller of Cisco. Mm -hmm. And I remember he kind of told me about his W-2 that year and said, yeah, you know, I'm about triple of where you are. Yeah, and I, I was like, wow, you know, and the folks at FedEx would tell me, hey, if you want to, you know, if you want to be in sales here, you don't expect to get rich. Mm -hmm. You can be very happy, but you won't get rich. And I was always kind of like, hmm, well, <laughs> I, I don't know if happy is as good as rich. Right. <laughs> so, right. so that's what caused me to go get an MBA from Loyola Marymount University. Mm -hmm. And I interviewed several Fortune 500 CEOs and then several tech CEOs. And no matter if it was the Fortune 500 CEO or the tech CEO, they all told me the same thing, leave. And so it was more risky for me to stay in right. transportation sales, making six to 8% margins than it was to go into technology sales where okay. you're at 60 to 80% margins. Right. Think of it like a big piece of pie. If yeah. you have a piece of pizza, and in one, in one model, oh, we have to split that one eighth of the pizza between a lot of people. That's totally. transportation and traditional. Mm -hmm. In tech, hey, we've got this big pizza. We're only going to take two squares of it. You could, we're going to pass out the other six eighths. Wow. Yeah. Let's go it's tech. Math, right? <laughs> so that's really what caused me to get into tech. Totally. Very cool. Now, what is, just to, for, for the you know, audience to learn a little bit more about Scalex, what is the one problem that you're essentially solving with your company? If I were to put it in one word, we solve the pipeline problem because yeah. pipeline's a hard thing to come by these days. Yeah. And so, you know, do you do outbound? Do you do digital? Do you do phone, email, social? There's all different channels to go to market. How do you figure out what the best level of optimization is with the right message to the right person at the right time to build a sustainable and predictable pipeline over time? So what does essentially, let's say that, that, you know, somebody was interested in Scalix, 
what does the process look like from getting from a prospect to, you know, a essentially a, a client and what are some of the objections that you might get from them? Yeah. So the first part is data. It starts with data. So we would go in and understand who are you selling into now? Who do you want to be selling into? We partner with companies like Discover.org that now ZoomInfo and Rain King all under one roof. So we have the best data in the world to help us build out the customer's ICP. A lot of times series, you know, seed round, series A, B, C, they don't necessarily have that all figured out yet. So that's the first thing is to help them figure out their TAM. Once you've done that, then we've also used tools like Bombora to see who's, who's trending, right? What's, what uh, types of tools and technologies are companies in your ICP looking for? Mm-hmm. Then we help them build out an email, a phone, and a social cadence, two-thirds of which is powered by bots. So okay. traditionally, I've run teams of 30 to 100 people, and I'm always frustrated because the reps go in and they, we give them a tool. Back in the day, it was called Sales Genius. Mm-hmm. Now it's called Sales Loft or Outreach. And they go in and they have this little button and it says, send all. Yeah. And 99% of the time, send all, send all, send all. And it got so fresh. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm paying you like $70,000 a year to personalize <laughs> these emails. Yeah. And so if, if you're not going to personalize, then why do I need you to do that job? So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll go help companies set up a virtual assistant to handle the emails, send and receive. Mm-hmm. That virtual assistant will help them do their social strategy. What list do they pull? What message do they send? How do they connect? There's profile views, there's sequences. There's a whole lot of things in social that can be done now. And then really where the, where the human interface comes into selling on a top of funnel motion is talking on the telephone. Yeah. So we have agent assisted dialing that enables salespeople to talk to 10, 20, 50 people in a day, instead of making 50 dials, mm-hmm. you can click the go button. Now you're talking to 50 people a day. Yeah. That's, you know, the combination of everything that I just shared with you is why our customers see 10, 20, even I had one customer that had 168 meetings wow. in three months delivered by the AI. Very cool. And what is essentially like, I guess the type of deal that you're making with companies, like are you working with enterprise deals? Are you working with small businesses? Who is essentially your, your, your current, you know, average type of client and what's your dream client? Yeah. Great question. So we will work with almost anyone now, uh, even down to a really small business. If, if you have $500 a month, we can give you a social technology called BDR AI that's going to do Twitter likes, it's going to do LinkedIn, it's going to do a awful lot. And that'll book you between five and 10 meetings a month. So never in B2B am I aware of a way to build your ICP and book meetings for under $100 a meeting. Traditionally, meetings in B2B cost 1200 bucks. So $500 a month plan is for the starter pack. Then once you graduate from that, for $1,500 a month, you get a virtual assistant to send out and respond to all your emails. So while I'm on conferences talking on the stage at trade shows, my AI, I actually have four virtual assistants now. Right. And you know, you, you max it out until you hit a place where your, your day is too busy. Yeah. <laughs> and then you scale back. So 500 plus 15 data usually is about 500 bucks a month. Okay. So 2,500 a month will get you two thirds of what a normal BDR will do, but it'll do it five times more effective. And then, you know, the dialing piece, 
Some companies, some customers will do 3,000 dials in a month. Other customers, we do 10,000 dials in a month. Mm -hmm. So okay. that's really the biggest variable cost because at about $1.25 to $1.50 a dial, when, when our reps are doing the calls, you know, if you do 10,000 a month, that could cost you 12 grand. Totally. Traditionally, that would have cost you 100 grand because you would have had to hire 10 people to do that. Yeah, job. <laughs> absolutely. So very, very cost effective, especially for the large companies, right? Whether you're looking at either we're hiring through ScaleX um, or having them do essentially these jobs or we're having all these 10 people making all these costs per Yeah, and what, what I'm seeing now, now that we've done the outsource model for 100 customers over the last 18 months, now that we've got that baked, it's real easy for us to go into a company and say, okay, I just got off the phone before this call, in fact, with the guy who had three BDRs, he just dropped down to one, but he has to keep the level of pipeline to where it was. And he said, okay, Chad, what do I do? So I said, all right, we're gonna set up a virtual assistant for the social, a virtual for email, and then we're gonna enable this guy to do 5,000 dials because his old team was doing 3,000 dials. Mm -hmm. so I said, for a lot less money, you're so now going to have 5,000 touches. You'll get more for less. Totally. So I think what's going to happen is that the economy, when it tips, it will. For mm -hmm. those of you on the call who haven't lived through it, <laughs> be prepared. I don't know yeah. if it's tomorrow or next year or two years from now, totally. but when it does, our phone's going to be lighting up because, yeah. holy cow, I have to, I have to riff 30% of my team, but I still have to keep the same amount of pipeline. 100%. AI for sales helps you. Yeah. Definitely agree with that. Um, so as far as obviously, you know, marketing this product, Scalex, how do you go about like, what are the marketing channels that you're currently using to get new customers for yourself? So I, you know, I have to drink my own champagne. So if I wasn't what using way? AI for sales, I'd be kind of silly. What I've discovered though, is that by adding digital on top, mm -hmm. it actually can give you a three to five X lift on the outbound you're doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm coming out uh, and I'm under development right now. It's a company, it's a product called persuadable.ai. Okay. And what that's going to do is you're sending out all those emails every day. You're doing all the social. Let's take that same list of people. Let's aggregate the spend across all my 100 clients and push that through LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the social channels mm -hmm. so that while an active outbound campaign is going to the ICP, we're also digitally advertising them. So that when they get on their telephone and they're on LinkedIn, they start seeing the ScaleX brand pop up. With oh, just really ob becoming omnipresent essentially for, for, you know, pretty much every single channel that can. Exactly. Traditionally, you'd go buy a Terminus or a Triblio and you'd spend a couple grand a month just on the software. Then you'd hire a, you know, high-end sales and marketing VP that would cost you a lot of money. And then you put the ad spend on top. Usually that's a couple hundred grand by the time you, by the time you're all in, we're, we're really saying, Hey, we've got the tools, technologies and know-how. So instead of spending 200, 300 grand in a year to get the same results, mm -hmm. Hey, why don't you just give us an extra thousand a month and we'll go digitally advertise yeah. to all those folks across all channels. That's really cool. That's awesome. What are some of the biggest challenges that you're currently faced with, um, you know, ad skill eggs? So I just did a webinar a while back with Joel Laban. He's the head of sales and marketing program and digital transformation at Johns Hopkins University. Mm -hmm. And I had Anita Nielsen, who wrote the book, Beat the Bots. Mm -hmm. So was, we wanted to make sure to have both sides in the equation, right? 
and we had Nancy Narden from Vendor Neutral. So we had quite the pairing yeah, yeah. of us on the panel. And what we talked about is one customer of ours booked 168 meetings in three months. They're called Max Sold. In fact, we're writing a Harvard Business Review article right now on this specific case study. Here's the challenge. They only have one sold deal out of 168 meetings. So the AI can do its job, but then when it comes to the human, do I have the right person in the seat? Yeah. Are they saying the right things? And do I have the right business model? Because in this case, they were going after the channel for the very first time in their company history. And so selling into a realtor is different than selling into the end customer. And so they had to reconfigure. In fact, we're in process of reconfiguring what it is they sell to the realtor. We're going to close that gap. We actually added qualification questions. So instead of 168, they should have only gotten 80, Mm -hmm. right? So we're going to hone it in on the people who qualify using AI. Mm -hmm. And then once they get there, we're working on the rep with coaching and and communication skills for a B2B call. So that's moving up. And then a new contract that's purpose built for the reseller channel. Mm -hmm. By the time we get all those three things done, we suspect we can get that close rate up to a 10, 20, 30% close rate instead of a mm-hmm. one in 160. And, and that makes complete sense too, because, you know, being a marketing agency, like we've been there multiple times where you have a client and they, they want to start advertising. They want to dump a lot of money into ads and you get them all the leads. You get really good results for them, et cetera. But the problem is that they, they can't finish the job, right? So like they have all the leads, are they are are your sales reps essentially doing their job, actually closing them? Um, but I guess you know that comes down to like the, those two things that you mentioned: it's are the leads qualified, and and typically they are based on what we do as far as you know making sure that we have qualification uh, questions on there, and then is the the rep doing everything that they can do? So it comes down to like, is your team trained enough to actually close all the deals that they're getting? And that's I guess another conversation, and also. I guess in this point for like you and I, right. Do we have to take a step back and look at what kind of clients we're closing and maybe audit them before we actually take them on? Well, and that's where I think at the bottom of my book here, you'll see chorus is one of the sponsors Uh uh, or one of the chapters that we covered. I'd sponsor Mm -hmm. probably the wrong word. Uh, One of the, one of the chapters is on chorus conversation intelligence. So as you increase the number of leads coming through, then turning on conversation intelligence and having a, a, an expert listen to those calls mm-hmm. on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to notice very early, where's the, you know, where's the train coming off the tracks? Yeah. Is it in qualification? Is it in the demo? Uh, I just listened to a really good Gardner webinar this week and they talked about this very problem and they said there's, co- there's a lot of reps want to tell, right? Let me tell you all about how cool we are. There's only a handful of rep. I'm going to have to open the file just to remember mm-hmm. what the term was because it was so amazing that, uh, hang on, hang on. Let me make sure I find this. Okay, here you go. Giving. So their primary strategy is let me just give you a lot of information. That doesn't work in today's world. There's telling where you share pers- my own perspective with the buyer. Well, mm-hmm. my view is that this and this and this. Yeah, okay, that's better probably than giving. Telling's a little better. But sense making is the one that drives the most sales. They guide the customer to evidence. Mm -hmm. 
And so kind of challenger sale-ish, uh, but it's not my perspective. It's here's what the data says, right? right? Like with Maxold, when we put in the uh, qualification questions, they went from 168 meetings booked or you know replies to 168 right. meetings, one to one. Once we put in qual questions about a month ago, now they're at about 30 down to 10. Mm-hmm. So two thirds of the of the garbage is being, you know, crossed out before it gets to the rep. <laughs> right. So yeah, lots lots lot of things you need to work on as you implement AI for sales. That's for sure. Definitely. And uh, what is, you know, let's kind of switch gears into like the personal side of things when building a company, what is one of the most challenging things that you find yourself like day after day kind of, you know, coming across with that it's, it's something that you're currently kind of working on, um, you know, overcoming. Yeah. So I built my own company 15 years ago. And coming, I I waited another 15 years purposefully until I had leadership and management experience. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, this time around, I'm ready. I got this. And so first month on the job, 337,000 bookings. High five, this this company's going to the moon. We're good. Next quarter, 350,000. Next quarter, 400,000. You know, it just keeps growing. Mm -hmm. My biggest challenge is that I've always been a sales leader and not a CFO, not a financial mm-hmm. leader. Uh, and so what I've discovered is it's, it's equally important to look at the margin on a customer, not just the top line revenue, right? If you close a $100,000 deal and it costs you one ten to deliver, yeah, that may not be a good business model. Unless, of course, you're buying the market, in which case you have a lot of VC money. Mm-hmm. We don't take any outside VC or private equity money and therefore making sure that we're providing the highest level of value to the customer while still earning a legitimate, reasonable margin. That I think is the biggest mm-hmm. thing that kind of jumped out at me over the last year and a half. So do you think that that kind of, you know, puts in your mind that you have to delegate things while growing or is, are, I guess, are you the type of person that wants to almost do everything? Yeah, that's a real good question. I want to learn the CFO job. So I have really gotten familiar with QuickBooks. I look month over month. I know what my margins are. I know from a month to month basis. And I've, I've also, I'm not as quite as micromanaging it like that. For the first two or three months I was, then I found out where my most important costs were coming from. And now I've worked to figure out how do I reduce those costs by half or more. Mm-hmm. So if you can look at your top two or three costs in a company, figure out a way to lower those costs by a significant amount and keep your top line the same, now your bottom line looks really, really clear. Yeah. So that's, that's what I've done on that side. When it comes to selling motion, I am really focused on building a virtual channel sales model right now. Mm-hmm. So over the weekend, literally, I've been pushed by some mentors to say, Chad, Chad, you got to let go of the reins. And I'm good at that as soon as I have the product and service that I'm comfortable with selling. So we've, we've had enough customers now that I can now build a virtual team. Um, I don't plan to go hire people with huge base salaries and OT right now. I'm looking for entrepreneurs who want to yeah. change how they go to market and help them build their businesses successfully. Very cool. Very awesome. Now, what is your biggest accomplishment? My family. (laughs) 
You know, I wrote down when I was very early, I went to, in Arizona, in fact, I went to one of these success seminars mm-hmm. and they said, write down your one year, two year, five year, 10 year goals. And in my 10 year goal, I had about, it, it's hard. You can fill out one year in no time. Yeah. 10 year goal is like, oh wow, that's a long ways away. <laughs> and so it was married with kids and a boat and about eight other things. The only thing I didn't do, I was married with kids within five years of the time that I did that. Okay. And then the only thing I haven't done is bought a boat, but yeah. I have a really good friend who owns one. So I don't think there you go. Going off the maybe, he'll, maybe he'll watch this. <laughs> he knows it's coming. <laughs> That's good. Uh, what are your favorite SaaS companies essentially that you kind of, you know, look up to as far as what they're doing, uh, the, the way that they're doing things and so on. My, the number one right now is discover org. I think yeah. Henry Shuck is one of the best leaders that I've ever met. Uh, I call him a personal friend as well as a business mentor business colleague, like he's all the above. This company and and the way they do things is built in a competitive way. It's not, I think a lot of companies that we find out there now say, hey, however you wanna do it. If you wanna do email, phone, social, I don't care, just do your best and the scorecard at the end of the year will work. And and I think Discover Org says, they, they might take a little of that prescription, but, you're not going to get the leads if you don't have a high close rate. And so they kind of give you the prescription to say, Hey, here's what you should, here's what our top producers do activity wise. And if you do those and you close at a 35% rate or whatever that is, you're going to get the A leads. Right. If you don't, you're going to get the B's and the C's and then you have to work your way back up. And if you're an A, you could be bumped back down to a C. Yeah. That welcome to America. I think, you know, to me, you got to fight hard and work hard and win. And so feed the strong is, is how it works. And therefore people produce. I just heard their VP of sales talk in an event and I learned that for the first time. And I was like, yeah. I knew I, I knew I liked Henry. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that's really cool. And, uh, well, if you had one piece of advice for anyone that's building a company or wants to start their own software company, what would that be? Uh, don't get your head over your skis. I think a lot of companies say build it and they will come Yeah. and they might spend six to 12 months of money and time. Mm-hmm. And then they say, here's my calculator. Are you ready to buy it? And they go, huh? No, I have a calculator on my phone. I don't really need that big honking yeah. piece of machinery anymore. So, you know, sell the concept. I mean, like I said, we sold 35,000 before I joined the company. Mm-hmm. that afforded me the opportunity to join the company full time. And it gave me about a one month head start mm-hmm. because that 35 grand with whatever margin was left allowed me to make money for a month. Mm-hmm. And then that next month got me to the 337,000, which got me to the 1.5 million. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot, too many people just go out and they spend a lot of time and money, mm-hmm. man, sell the concept, sell the idea, right. build the software on the back end. Or use other people's software and sell that. How much, how much research would you say, you know, and this is obviously like, it depends, right? It might be the, the right answer, but like how much research should, be, should you be making before you actually start building something? Um, I, I purposefully went to a technology company in Denver for two and a half years to do the quote unquote research in that company. I went in, I took the team from 20 people to well over 100 we implemented a lot of methodologies and technologies and I got to try things and discover what was broken in that engine. 
Mm-hmm. Once I know it's broken, then I got to go take it to a company where I was interim VP of sales. I said, hey, John, give me six months. I'll put in all of the AI for sales tech stack. And at the end of six months, you'll probably, we'll probably part ways because you'll be effective and you can give it to someone else. Yeah. So I got to now take those two and a half years of learning, put it into a six month project. That's when I wrote the first AI for sales book. Mm-hmm. And then now the rest is history, right? I've already, I already have a case study. We took a team from 28 people down to 20. We 5X the sales activities and we 2X the revenues. That's awesome. And I was like, okay, this dog hunts. I could do that time and time again. <laughs> so research on the job is better than yeah. researching on your own dime. hundred percent. And uh, last question here. Do you have any questions from me? So Phantom SaaS Ad Lab, it seems like from our discussion, we should be talking about some partnership opportunities. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you envision, you know, the sales motion and the marketing motion playing nicely together in line with what I talked to you about persuadable? Is there some partnering areas there? I think there definitely is. And then like you heard earlier, like there's sometimes that kind of like mismatch as far as the salespeople at these companies and, and, and essentially like the marketing results, whether you get all these leads, they take him, they don't do anything with them. They close a very small percentage of them. So like, I guess, you know, the conversation is like, how can we find those synergies to put two together and kind of sell that product on the back end? That's a complete solution to what they don't necessarily have. Love it. I'm getting asked more and more and more because once you AIFI, if that's a word, <laughs> the top of the funnel with digital, with phone, with email, you build that. Then the next not logical backlog is pushed down, right? I, you ever have one of those little snakes when you're a kid? It's a, it's a water balloon snake. Yeah. You push on one side and it falls out. Yeah. I feel like that's what's happening right now, right? We're solving the top of the funnel to a level where it's 100%. automated, consistent. Well, now there's a break in the middle. And so it's as simple as plugging in chorus, mm-hmm. running a once a week sales uh, training and, mm-hmm. and mentorship with that, with that yeah. customer. And, and you can turn, tune those dials to have a much better course. Yeah, 100%. So uh, we'll definitely talk about that offline. And uh, again, thank you so much for being on here, Chad. It was a pleasure having you. And uh, I think everyone will enjoy the conversations that we had, every you know, little bit of insight that you shared with everyone. And uh, hopefully they'll reach out and get the, the sales AI book. I think that'd be awesome. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Excellent. Scalex.ai, check it out. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Luis. Thank you. Take care.